Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the God, Guns, and Family podcast. Today, we have a long, in-depth episode for you with the lovely Amanda Bates, Nate's wife, if you didn't know, and she's going to share some insight on some topics that um, are pretty controversial these days, and obviously, we're going to talk about it and how it pertains to pursuing Jesus in the Bible. Thanks for listening. Check it out. Go ahead. There's a note recording in progress. Recording. She didn't even. We didn't even need to tell her to say it. She just She's did perfect. It. I know. Recording in progress. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening to the Got Guns and Family podcast. We have the lovely Amanda. We're going to go in alphabetical order. Ooh. Hi. Here. And Nate and Mike. That's me. That's not alphabetical order. It's, I was like, that's not alphabetical order. For, whatever. Whatever. Last name first. Let's see, we got you. Letters got are this. hard. It's okay. So is letters and math are hard. It's baby fine. sheep. Yeah. <laughs> baby sheep. You should really ask Amanda about her experience with baby shark. She has the a baby do, 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 do. Don't even go there. I have watched in one night. I watched the repeat of baby shark in a variety of um, versions. Thanks to Liam. Yeah. It was like for hours. It so was she went to literally for hours. She went to YouTube and decided just to click on the first baby shark thing that she found. And it was like 12 hours of baby shark singing about every different way and every different thing, but to the rhythm of baby shark. And she literally, Gross. I call her on break and she's like, if you do not somehow turn this TV off, I'm going to kill you when you come home. I was like, why? Why is it his like, fault? I've been I've been listening to Baby Shark not, for four hours. Yeah, he would not change it. There was no changing it at all. Well, why is it Nate's fault? It's always Nate's fault. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I should have just—I should have just known that. Duh. Yeah, I don't know. So, hey, what's up? Know. What happened? What's up this week? Everything good? Um. Oh my gosh, we got coffee this week. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I have in here. So Even delicious. Took like four days. Yeah, I mean, did every it finally morning. show up? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, supposed to be here the next day, and then it didn't show up till Monday, and I was like, "This is lame." I was like, "I could have went to the store and bought it." Yeah, that's crazy. It has yeah. been really delicious. Yeah, for all our uh, listeners out there, we uh, my boy Mike over there just randomly sends a, a package. It wasn't random. Mike. We talked about it. Well, you didn't talk to me about sending me one. So it was random to me and it just shows up and I was waiting for an Amazon package, but I was in the middle. We were in the middle of like, I was running in and out of the front door and I picked it up and I put it on the table and I'm like, dude, that doesn't feel like a USB thing. Like, what? Nope. <laughs> so I threw it on the table and we went out to dinner or whatever we were doing. And I come back home and I cut it open. And I'm like, what is this thing? I think it mm. just says like Nathan, so I cut it open. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, it's the blueberry coffee. And we haven't stopped drinking it since. You sent it. Good. It makes your whole house they, smell like blueberries for hours. They have a, they have one that's. I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna be as like flavorful, but there's one on there that's um, 
It says with notes of cherry and chocolate. I mean, I can get behind that. Yeah, I'm sure that one's delicious too. I love me but... some yummy coffee though. That is for yeah. sure. It is pretty tasty. There's a higher caffeine content too than the dark roast because it's lighter roast, but yeah, which I'm not I... super stoked about, but. I, I dig me some high caffeination station, bro. Yeah. Like, like for sure. A whole bunch. For sure. mm-hmm. So what else is going on with you this week, bro? Anything cool? Nope. Nothing cool. Same Normal stuff. stuff. Is Normal it still stuff. snowing over there? Or have we? No, it's snowing? actually, it's actually 70 degrees outside. That's why my fan is on. Cause it's super hot in here. 70 yes. degrees. Yeah, it's Almost 87 degrees. I was gonna it's say 87. I yeah. wish it was 70 degrees here. <laughs> but it was like thir- it's it's been in the 30s, so at night in the morning. Dude, Idaho's bipolar with that, dude. Like the, the yeah. temp- I thought Arizona was bad, but like Idaho's got like a 40 degree change from night to heat of the day. Yeah. At least yeah, big yeah. lakes finally not frozen anymore. So I'm about to drag my wife up to Fish in Big Lake because there's some good old trout in there. Mm. Yes, very nice. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's supposed to be 86 on Sunday and then oh. 79, 79, and then 60s. Wow. It's weird. It can't make up its mind. Nope. And then in the night in the evening it's in the 40s. So which is whatever. That's why, like, if you saw how small our air conditioner is, you'd be like, there's no way it cools your the house cool. But because at night it gets so cold in, in the summer, it's you don't it need shuts it. It's off. Yeah. You don't even need it. So, right. Yeah. So it's going to be 89, uh, mm. 96, 98, 97, 100, 98, Gross. 92. And the lowest it gets is 66. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. The nights are good. It's the, this is the season why you live in Arizona for like the month. And then you just the are in an oven. Yeah, the month, and then you're in the oven for the rest of the summer. Yeah, icky poo poo. Yeah, dude, I I've got know. my dog staring at me from the in front of the window, and he's just <laughs> lurking. He's like, "Give me straight, that coffee, bro." Yeah, straight staring at me. So give me, give me the coffee. <laughs> but yeah, we got some uh, interesting stuff we want to talk about today. So we brought yeah, on do my it. lovely wife right here who is like three quarters of the way through a psychology degree. So she is my um, resident, uh, you know, resident expert in things psychology, but she has some really cool information and (laughs) she would adamantly (laughs) deny that, but she has some cool life experiences that'll add so much more to the topic to add depth. My vote is to have her on this podcast more often, but she says, I can jump off the nearest cliff. So, you know, whatever. We'll 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 figure it out. But yeah, so I did not quickly. say that. <laughs> that escalated really quickly. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, we should you should join us more often. Jump off a cliff. <laughs> okay. I mean, I Bye. choke him before that, but that's well, fine. Well, you see know. later. I did get. Bye. I mean, that is for later. But well, uh, I did. We did take uh, Jaren and I down to Marcio's. Yeah. Um. And he's stoked on starting back up. So when we get back from Texas in a couple of weeks from now, we'll get signed back up, rocking and rolling on the mats, and Jaron will be back in it full 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 commitment this time. So dope. <clears throat> you should tell Pete make sure Pierre knows so that you can 
Dude, I know. I was kind of like, we lingered there yesterday for a while to see if I could see him, but uh, we must have left before he got there. Is he still going mm. over there? Yeah. Yeah, he that's, so he goes there on the way home to Goodyear. Yeah, on the way home to Goodyear. Agreed. Agreed. Totes. Oh. <laughs> yes, so, right, so um, let's do it. My degree is in batch. My degree is in bachelor's in psychologies as well. Nice. Wow! So, look at you. So I did not weird. know. I thought I told you. No, that's awesome. Well, I don't no, remember I no much idea. of it. I was in the master's in counseling program for a while, and then I was like the only dude and the only conservative in the whole thing, so that it didn't last very long. <laughs> and like it was always like you guys, blah blah, you guys, and I'm like, dude, I can't. So, you can't do it. Can't do it. You're gonna lose your job switched, before you get the I degree. I switched my masters. Yeah, I switched my masters to business. I was like, nope. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, dude. So today we're it. gonna be talking about some pretty hot button issues. Um, some nar. Some nar nar. So we're gonna be talking about uh, abortion, a biblical stance on abortion, and then we're gonna be talking about another uh, trans, another issue of transgender, which. You know, hopefully we don't get canceled for either of these, but that's why I brought my beautiful bride on here because two dudes talking about abortion is asking for uh, a public crucifixion. So we're going to, I'm fine with that, but um, I don't know. I'm just really excited about it. So I got to try not to talk really loud so I don't pick up on her microphone across the house. You're good. That's why, that's why you set them up the way you did. Okay, cool. So we're good. That's what it does at FA. Yeah. Um. And also, I did. Um, I just randomly came across a thing today. You're probably going to talk about it as far as the transgender thing goes. The um, Romans. Oh, love you, buddy. Yeah, why does your hat stink? Is he the boy? Yeah, Romans. Um, Romans one twenty four. Oops, that's Kings. See, dude, my Bible plan always like goes is right on point, it. dude. It, no, it's not. It wasn't it. It was uh, it went it went backwards. Romans one, two, I think it starts at eighteen. Romans one eighteen through twenty eighteen. Starting at eighteen through the rest of it. NLT is what I have on here just because I like the narrator's voice because it doesn't sound like Siri. And like it plays like whenever he reads the Psalms, it like plays background music and stuff. Wow. On your which plane is that, dude? For in your bike, like it's the U version. Oh, the U version? It has freaking music on the the NLT on audio. Like if you go to Psalm, if it when it does Psalms, it plays like little background music and yeah. I have no idea. Cool. And then it like sometimes feature. it changes the voice. Hmm. Do you see it on there? It's a uh, Romans one eighteen. God's anger at sin. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Let me change my translation. I'm on NASB 2020. Yeah. <clears throat> NLT is very much different. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. 
Mine's highlighted. I'm I'm smart. And that, well, twenty four, I think, is when it starts. Specifically, talking about it. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things yep. their hearts desired. As a result, they did violent, degrading things with each other's bodies. Yeah, etc., etc., etc. Which is like today. It's like talking about today. I was just talking to a lady who's not a Christian today at work, um, but she rented like the Jesus Revolution movie, and like mm. so she was asking questions, like, "Was that like a real thing?" I'm like, mm. and I had never talked to her about my faith at all. Um, I just kind of, yeah, she just came up to me and was like talking about it. And I was like, yeah, dude, like that was a real deal thing. And that kind of ties right in. I was like, look at the culture we're in today. Like, it's only a matter of time before God, like comes back to restore his order. Um, because it's crazy. Like the world and the culture that we live in. It got like really echoey. Did you hear I that? Know. Yeah. I was like, that distracted me. It's still echoey. You broke it. Yeah, it's only it's only when I'm talking to you. Maybe it's your maybe it's your mic. You broke it. I didn't break it. Hmm. It's interesting because it's only when I talk. I don't hear anything. Hmm. Whatever. Interesting. Oh, now it went away. Now it's now it's away. That was yeah. weird, dude. That is weird. Why did it do that? I don't know. Well, I, I haven't know. seen that movie. I think um that's the one with the dude that plays Jesus and the Chosen, right? Um, whatever it is I can't remember his name. Jonathan something. Yeah. Yeah. So is it like I don't even know what that movie's about? I don't even really know. Minus depicting like the Jesus revolution that happened like right after the 60s movement kind of fizzled out. That like mm. self-enlightenment. I mean, because really like the 60s movement transitioned into like, I mean, the whole hippie culture was let me self-enlightenment through substance, you know, LSD, mushrooms, drug right. use. Let me achieve this higher consciousness. Um, and at the end of that road, you realize that consciousness is is just air. Like you're trying to attain something that fulfills Doesn't nothing. Doesn't even matter. And yeah. It, yeah, and it leads you right into um, searching for truth. And Jesus mm -hmm. says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So this movement of people who have tried everything other than Jesus gave Jesus a try. And it just like, there was a legit a revolution. Like it was a revival that swept through. It was pretty cool right where the counterculture took off on hate and Ashbury in San Francisco was like the epicenter of the Jesus revolution where God came in, like basically to redeem that. It was hmm. pretty rad, the whole movement, but where I moved to um, San Diego at Calvary ranch, that was founded by dudes who got saved out of that, Jesus revolution revival that happened in Southern California. It was pretty cool. So I was like, I got to live and do ministry with one generation removed from that movement. It's pretty rad. That's awesome. But yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about this thing. Boo. What are your thoughts on this whole, uh, what do you guys want to talk about specifically? I mean, I don't know. You're the, you're the resident expert over here, but honestly, like, We've kind of talked about it a couple of different times on the podcast. Like, you know, where are we starting? Where are you starting at? Yeah. Where are you starting? Me? Yeah. Where are you starting? Where are you going to start, boo? Where are you going to start with this? No, I mean, just in like, <clears throat> in regards to like, because we've talked to it a couple of different times, about it a couple of different times on the podcast, just briefly talking on, you know, abortion in mm -hmm. passing. 
but really abortion. I, yeah, we're gonna start on abortion on that side. Okay, um, that's what we're asking. That's where we're starting. Oh, abortion. We're yes, yes, abortion. What are you talking okay. about? Cool. Abortion. So we've talked about abortion on the um, the podcast a couple of different times, yeah. um, but really understanding it in a different way. Because I mean, obviously, we're dudes. We don't like. I mean, we don't fully understand and comprehend like the woman's aspect and uh, of the abortion. And really, even though um, it seems like it's a a black and white issue, there's a lot of gray um, in context, a lot of gray in what led up to um, decisions such as that. And um, I just really kind of want to get your perspective and see like you know, cause you, as a dude, you can be pretty black and white. Like, well, how could you do that? You know, that is, that is this without ever really giving any thought to the woman's perspective of that. And I really just want to get your perspective on, on that whole, that whole topic. Well, um, it's really interesting. So the abortion topic is really near and dear to my heart for a couple of different reasons. And I'm not sure, Mike, if you know part of my story in that. Um, so this is the first time I have, will publicly talk about it. Um, I have talked about it in blogging, in my blogging journey as um, I was healing out of um, some junk. But um, when it comes to my abortion story, um, I had an abortion a few years ago. Um, and I was a believer then, um, very much knew, um, you know, right and wrong and what the Bible says and, and, in and, and out of all of that. But, um, during that time and during that season, I was, um, young and super, um, lost and more, um, very selfish at that time and very much worried about what everyone else would think and what, um, everyone else would, um, perceive me as. And, um, and in that journey and being in a place where I didn't really have the support to be able to, um, really talk through and be honest with someone to say, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, I was not set up for that. There was no, no set up to be, um, to be successful and make, make the right decision in that, um, for that, in that journey of that part of my life and really feeling like the person that I was with, it was very much like an issue and I just needed to deal with it. Um, and so that really started this journey for me. So that was probably the start of, um, where things completely broke for me because after I had had the abortion and went through, um, with all of that, um, it wrecked me to my core. I was a that days, literally something died inside me. Um, the shame that attaches itself, the, um, the, it, it was an extremely dark place that it took me. Um, you know, when it, there was a lot of grieving that happened during that time, but even during that time, it was very silent. I was very much alone. Like I said, I didn't have like a support like set up to be able to say, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Or, hey, this is what's happened. Um, so I went through that journey completely alone. Um, and compiled that with knowing what the word says and, um, being raised in church and, 
um, all of those things, you know, as a believer, um, shame just kind of set in and the enemy just really set in um, to really speak a lot of shame during that time and kept me in a very low place for a really long time. Um, and it was definitely something that was hidden for years. I mean, I hid that from my family. I hid that like from any type of ministry environment. It was just nothing that I talked about. Um, and it's really interesting because even now, um, I have been encountered several different ministry leaders, um, that have experienced the same type of thing where, you know, they've gone through their own abortion story and God's redeemed, redeems that. Um, so I think that when we talk about abortion for me, it, it's such a personal, um, experience, um, definitely one that I struggled with for a really long time to come to terms with and to be honest with. Um, but as we're talking about a couple of these different issues today, I think that, um, it's really understanding that it's not necessarily like we already know what the Bible says about these issues. And, and I think it's understanding that the issue is an identity crisis versus, um, versus the abortion or um, transgender stuff, whatever the case mm-hmm. is. I think it's really understanding that it's an identity crisis that we're in um, as women, we're in as um, as a culture. Um, we are struggling as a culture to, to know who we are. But um, specifically for the abortion side, I have felt like um, we can't expect those um, who are living in the world to live to the standard to kingdom standards. And I think that's just something that us as believers, like we can get so lost in this. um, Well, this is what's right. And this is what the Bible says, but we can't expect people that don't know yet or haven't encountered God the same in their own way to really rectify that. Um, Like kind of like what Nate would say, it's a counterculture that we're living with on the daily. Yeah, I feel like um, as even as you were talking was like kind of like the woman at the well was was kind of brought to my mind, right? Like she was like, I don't know what the Bible says, like on her fifth husband or sixth husband. And mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that doesn't allude to like if she killed them or not. That was in my brain. That's the narrative I write because that's I'm weird like that. But it really is probably just not that case. But um like on her fifth husband. So like by the cultural standards of her day, like she was an outcast. She was a person that was looked down on that. Nobody wanted to associate with like the people who were rejects of the culture were the only people who would go get water in the heat of the day, because that's the only time the rest of the whole village and town wasn't around the water, the watering hole, right? The well. Um, So to avoid being in the spotlight and being made fun of and ridiculed and rejected publicly every time she goes to get water, she was going in the heat of the day. But who was sitting at the well waiting for her to come was Jesus. So like kind of what you're talking about, like this culture, we're expecting them to live up to this standard without them ever meeting the person who set the standard, which is Jesus. So that's like what happened after the woman at the well encountered Jesus was her life was different. She encountered a force and she's like, he didn't say, you know, you know, go do this. She go, I mean, go sin no more, right? Like you've encountered the, the person of Jesus. So I feel like 
this whole thing, I feel like even just in this walk, you know, with, with you boo, like seeing it from a different perspective now, cause I was so black and white for so long and walking the healing journey with you by your side and, and seeing that firsthand, I really have so much more grace for the context of choices that were made, whether they were backed into a corner, whether there was no support system, whether that was the only choice. And now they live every day uh, with this part of them that has died. Right. Um, Seeing them as, as Jesus saw the woman at the well, as this person who needs this grace that I've so freely received now, like I can extend that to, to these women who have struggled and done these things and now live with the the consequences and the the hurt and the pain. I mean, cause really it has been a really, 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 really long walk for you, boo. And, um, I mean, you've come so far, even in the last three years, like, I mean, this is a huge deal. This is the first time she's ever publicly said anything about this, um, anytime ever outside of like me and for someone to do that is amazing, but really to, understand the the context of behind like the identity crisis that people are in right like um how many of the problems that are hot topic button issues that you know conservative christians you know come after the world over is really identity the world mm-hmm. has told people that they are to be a certain way for so long that now you're fighting identity you're not even fighting hot button issues you're fighting the satanic attack on the identity of god's people the lack of identity in people. Exactly. I saw a uh, a cool thing um, today. I totally sent it to um, to my wife, but it was talking about if you look at the Garden of Eden, why do you think Satan strategically um, targeted Eve in the attack on right is the introduction of sin? Right? Why did why did Satan choose Eve versus Adam? Because he had them both there at the same time, right? Prior to the fall of man, she didn't have a name. Her name Eve was given at the moment of the fall. So prior to that, she was just known as the woman. So I think Satan strategically attacked Eve because she did not yet have an identity. And that is what the world is doing to women particularly, because guess what? A woman's identity has been under attack since the garden. That's why Satan went after them, right? Like, we're still dealing with the same attack on identity, particularly to women per- containing this you know, subject here. It's a woman's identity is what's honestly under attack. Well, and these women's issues are because the enemy has skewed the identities of us for so long that um, something that should be so cringe and something that like in our black and white mind should be like, oh, that is like so like, how can you do that? Um, becomes this movement for women. And it's become this my body, my choice thing. And when really that statement in itself is screaming that we are in an identity crisis. Clearly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the enemy has played on the weaknesses of women from the very beginning, like Nate was saying, um, from the very beginning. And that um, he's like, and I honestly believe it's because he's threatened by the power that lies within the helpmate. And I think that's Reese, why women say that one more time for the ones in the back. 
I think that the enemy has played on women's weaknesses specifically when we talk about identity, because he is afraid of the power that lies within the helpmate. Mm. I mean, because think of it, right? As a single dude, there's power in that. A person who follows Jesus, a, a follower, a male follower of Jesus that's single, there's power in that. But how much more powerful I mean, even on the same side, a single woman, there's power in the in a single woman following Jesus, but how much more power is a husband and wife unified in Christ? Why do you think this has become such a hot t- topic issue and the identity crisis for a woman has been warred over since the beginning of, hum- of humanity is because there's power in a husband and wife relationship that, that Satan wants to undermine. So if the woman's identity is still caught up in not knowing whose she is and who she is, then that's only part of the way that they can come united under one front, which is Christ, right? There's a reason why Christ says that the marriage is the closest thing to heaven on earth, because it is the true depiction of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Husband and wife following after pursuing Jesus. Like there's power in that. And I mean, I mean, look at even fatherless homes, mm-hmm. look at the attack on the family unit. Like how, I mean, the percentage, I even know now without talking out the side of my neck, the percentage of single parents versus married and, you know, still m- mother and father married, raising the kids till they're grown. Like that is a very small percentage of what we're dealing with now, the attacks on the family and what more powerful way. I mean, there's this old cliche. I'm sure you've heard it, Mike, in the, I I know it from the Italian world, right? Like the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Turns the head. The, there's power in the husband and wife, but there's a mother and a wife is in charge of the heartbeat of the home, which is what Amanda said in one of her live inspired um, things. But if a woman's heartbeat is it's not in sync. Like, have you guys ever had a heart palpitation? Like it makes your whole body feel crazy. Like your heart's not in rhythm. It's not, it's out of sync. That's what the heartbeat, if there's the wife is being attacked and the identity, she doesn't know who she is. The heartbeat of the home is out of sync with the one that is supposed to be in the home, which is a unified husband and wife pursuing Jesus, right? It's, it all goes down to undermining the image and overthrowing God's kingdom here on earth within his people, right? I mean, it's craziness and we're about to like get cut off here and this thing's getting super good. So we got to have to take a break here soon before we lose all this right quick. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. We'll take a break and I'll show you guys the link when we get back. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. Recording in progress. Very nice. (laughs) Very nice. Well well done. Very, Very nice. Okay. So we we kind of chewed up. Yeah, we just kind of like burned up a lot of time doing nothing, and then, and then it was started getting good, and then they were like, "Oh, "Oh, we had to take a break." Yeah, it's because I'm cheap and I'm not paying for this. (laughs) Hey, we'll get to paying for it. All right, so we got to know your thoughts on all that before we, you know, got. uh... Yeah. Michelle. He says, yeah. So like, 
I'm I'm gonna go a little like political, just because that's the way that the world is today, right? So, um, so the the kind of gist of it, like like you were talking about, is that the identity for this? I mean, this has been an identity for women. Uh, first off, like I'm sorry that you had to deal with that because that's terrible, and you know I'm sure it's not um, easy to deal with or was easy to deal with. Um, because the statistics based on mental health afterwards are not good. Nope. Um, so yeah, so that sucks. And, you know, like I said, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. Um, it's not uncommon, unfortunately, you know, um, it's just. Which needs to be talked about more. That part needs to be talked about more. The mental Preach. health part. The mental health part that happens yeah. afterwards, especially for those of us that, um, it's not the necessarily the form of birth control choice, um, mm-hmm. but it is a one-off decision that happens or however the circumstances um, lead to that. But I think that that is not talked about enough. I mean, even down to the quote counseling session that you're supposed to have before the procedure or before probably, they give you probably a joke. the medicine. Oh, it's a joke. It is a complete joke. It is literally, I went in, confirmed pregnancy and they were like okay well someone's gonna call you about your options blah blah blah. okay cool so they call you and it's like okay yeah so these are options and basically was told because mine was a pill induced form of abortion um basically told that it was just like it it, you're just gonna have a a miscarriage that's it so not only is it packaged in a such such an enemy deceiving package of trying to create something that isn't right to make it okay. Right. Um, and so it literally was a complete joke. Didn't even talk about like the aftermath of anything, just like, hey, this is what your option is. This is what how it's gonna go down. Um, and then that's it. Like, are you are you being forced to into this? Are you like all of those type of questions, but not really like, hey, like this is like a real thing that afterwards, like mm-hmm. walls will speak to you. There are days that you literally feel like you have to pull your your crap together, you know, and walls speak to you and times of the year that comes around and you remember, oh, this was the day I heard that first heartbeat. This is the day that the abortion happened. This is the day where a piece of me literally died. Oh, this would have been, you know, my baby would have been 10 this year or 11 this year, whatever the case is. So it, it literally is a part of that, of the mental health part that is not talked about enough at all. Right. For women, yeah. Which so, is sad. Um, I, I know that it's pretty significant. I know like the side effects mentally are pretty significant. And I just, while you were talking about it, I did, I pulled up. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, I don't Statistics? even know what it's called. Uh, it's a, it's a, re- whatever it is. It's on NIH. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, the, it's an article. It's the psychological consequences of abortion among post-abortion care-seeking women in Tehran. So that is in itself not a good like situation. So. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, and this is just the abstract, I'm not, I'm not reading the whole thing, but 278 women of reproductive age, 15 to 49. Um, and there was 43.7, 39.5, 37.5, and 33.3% prevalence rates have been placed um, essentially for decreased self-esteem, nightmares, guilt, regret, 
etc so it's 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 a consistent thing and i mean the overall psychological effects are just consistently normal like it's just like it, it's always going to be an adverse situation unless you're one of these crazy leftist women who are just like oh, my fourth one like yeah man like mm -hmm. and you know and that's a it's a terrible situation because me and they had talked about it before a little bit and it's like okay well you have millions maybe not millions hundreds of thousands of couples who can't have kids right they're married they want to have kids they try and try and try and then you have like i was telling i, I don't know you probably heard the my neighbor she's a foster their foster parents and you know it's just like this lady keeps having children she's like mm -hmm. on heroin and like wow. she like keeps ha getting pregnant and having kids and like they're one of like the last time she had kids they she had twins one of them died it's like and so they're just constantly putting them up for adoption which is good that they're putting up for adoption as opposed to having an abortion completely but in the situation itself is pretty terrible and you know and it's just like man it's pretty pretty awful so um on top of that like you were talking you were saying how um that it didn't really give you any counseling and if there's if there's anyone who um I don't know, like know somebody or whatever that may be pregnant or if you're yourself or listening to this and you may, you know, be in a situation where you're considering um, abortion, there's there's many different options for you, um, even though, you know, you may not be ready or whatever. Um, and one of the places is I know for. Uh, my son's godmother, she volunteers at a place in Texas called Hope Choice Pregnancy and Mentoring. And I don't know if she still does, but she did for a long time because she was kind of in the same situation in high school. So mm -hmm. um, so de look for a like a pregnancy counseling place in your area. Like the problem is, is that it's so acceptable these days. Mm -hmm. It's just a pill. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And like. You know, it, and the, the worst part is like after the fact, like you're how many years. So the problem is this. The problem is, is that there's not enough God. Nope. Clearly. Nope. Um, your situation is probably a little bit different, but a lot of the times these days, it's like it's it's like a contraception after the fact. Right. It's like, OK, well, right. we're, you know, we're just going to do whatever we want to do. And then if I get mm -hmm. pregnant, then we'll just have an abortion, whatever. It's like no big deal as opposed to just like dealing with it ahead of time and saying, Hey, we're just not going to have sex. Mm -hmm. Right. We're just not going to do it. And then like, and I've gotten into arguments online on posts and stuff where I'm like, dude, just don't have sex. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to not have sex. Okay. Let right. Okay. Like it's, it's not hard. Yeah. yeah. Just don't do it. Mm -hmm. right if you're not ready to live with the consequences don't have sex period yeah. not that having a child is a consequence it would depend on how you look at i mean it. <laughs> it's true it is a consequence because it's a byproduct of a choice and action that you've made not yes. saying con so consequences are neither good or bad they're just consequences so some just are a result more, of an action yeah yeah more negative or more positive but it's just a result it's, i mean really our kids are a consequence like if you don't do the thing the thing doesn't produce a kid Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and um, 
it's a and it's a touchy topic like i was saying i'm a little political with the whole thing the touchy topic is this it's like nate was saying how like us as guys we don't necessarily have the quote-unquote right to have an opinion about it but if for whatever reason like let's say we're in it someone's in a situation and this is not political at all this is just today's world if if a man and a female get pregnant right they're not in a relationship they're just like you know doing the thing and the female decides that she wants to keep the baby the dude has zero say in whether or not he pays child support zero say mm -hmm. it's mandatory it's going to happen if he doesn't pay yeah. it then the judge takes it and if, and if he doesn't pay it he goes to jail it's just it's ridiculous but a dude does not have any say if the woman has an abortion or not yeah period mm -hmm. right so my thing is like okay so if that's the case then men absolutely have a right to say something and should absolutely have an opinion in it mm -hmm. right um the other thing is, is that there's all of these arguments like, okay, well, what about like rape and incest and all this other stuff, which is less than 1% of the instances. So that shouldn't even be an argument. That's not even something. But in that case, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that the child should suffer because of something that an adult did, regardless of, of which direction it was, right? Because dudes get raped by women. That happens. It mm -hmm. just doesn't get talked about Yep. because dudes are embarrassed to say that it happened. Um and vice versa, right? So if we're going to talk about it, be realistic. Okay, this is the reason why, but it's this minor, minor specific, minor instance. It's less than 1% of instances, and that shouldn't be the whole argument. The majority, the fat, vast majority of abortions are because are contraception after the fact because it's inconvenient, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and the other argument is like medical stuff. Medical stuff, that's... You know, in some cases, it it's it's already happened. The baby's already been spontaneously aborted by the by the body because that's just right. what happens naturally. Um, and then the removing of that of the fetus at that point is is it's not necessary. It's not considered an abortion because the baby's already passed away, right? So right. that shouldn't even be considered in an argument, anyways. So all that being said, it is a pretty terrible situation regardless and the way that it is today it's just so vastly acceptable just to just be like eh, whatever just bleep. but yeah. if and then i know that this comes up a lot um <clears throat> where like some people who may not be christians yet they are you know they may be thinking about or they they're like on the fence or whatever. And they're like, well, I, there's no way that I could be a Christian because this is something that I did. And that's well, and even those who are Christians that have, they had that experience in that. Mm -hmm. I think it's understanding that no matter what, that there's still redemption and there's still grace and there's still forgiveness in that yeah. and not allowing the shame to attach yourself and to stay attached to you. Um, because once, once you've, you know, come face to face with God, he's already forgiven you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you uh, know, the grace is, is, um, is for everyone. It's, mm -hmm. you know, people have to understand that people who, 
that even if they even if they know Jesus, it's not it, it, no one's perfect, right? It's like we always talk about it. It's like it's a constant movement forward. It's like, oh man, I made this mistake. Okay, now I know what I did. I mean, I know what I did, and I feel bad, and I repent about it, and I'm mm -hmm. you know never going to happen again, uh, or I'm going to work really hard to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And um, the point is that like working towards salvation is like it's making a very like active movement to learn it's from ongoing. the past and adjusting and moving forward you know it's mm -hmm. not um and like and i think the big thing is um and my pastor talked about it on sunday when we were doing our core 52 it's like well not this last sunday but the sunday before and it was like the church has to do better as far as like making it known that there are support elements to it, right? It's um, like there are several organizations and I was just telling Aaron about this the other day that I didn't even know about where Christian organizations where they'll like help support the baby for two years. Wow. Wow. You know, and it's just, um, and then I didn't know about it. I don't know where, what it's called or where it's at, but it's there, like it's out there. You and know? that's awesome. And I think it's also um, the church needs to not shy away from stuff like this because it's yeah. part of the world we live in. You know, it was, wasn't until the church, we were in the church that we're in now that someone from the pulpit talked about her, her abortion story and the redemption that came out of it. And I was like, holy cow, I've never heard that from a pulpit from one of our pastors mm -hmm. in the church to be like, wow, like, and that gave me encouragement to continue this journey of healing through it. Because I think so many times this specific issue keeps you silent and keeps you in your own shame if you let it. Mm -hmm. um, but sharing more of these stories, um, I think will one help some women who may be on the fence in that to recognize, oh, there is another side of this that's not very pretty. And it's something that will literally haunt you for for days after, um, for years after, but forever. also forever. It, it is forever a piece of you. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, it also gives hope to those that, oh, I can find redemption and forgiveness in this and be fully who God has created me to be like that. This thing doesn't have to define who I mm -hmm. am. Yep. Right. And I think we need to, there needs to be more of those, those conversations in the church amongst women specifically where this issue is concerned. Yeah. yeah. And understanding that, you know, for one, God forgives you. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that you have to forgive yourself, yep. which we talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And, yep. and I think that is the hardest part is being able to do that, even though God has already forgiven you. And that's, I mean, I still struggle with that on a regular basis. Like, uh, you know, I'm at the gym and I'm like, Oh, leggings, uh, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and I, it's like, happens you know, it's instinctual mm -hmm. you know it's like mm -hmm. geez you know but i whatever you mm -hmm. know and like it's like i actively try to do and i'm like dude it's like incessant like stop and part of that is being really honest with yourself and really honest with the circumstances that led you to that decision um so you might discover that by our actions that's when you discover like the distorted view that you have of yourself and that identity crisis and yeah. then that's where God can start doing some really, um, some real work in you. And you start growing is once you start like really being honest and 
taking an evaluation of that in yourself and, you know, where am I, where's my identity lining up? Is it in the voices or is it in what God says? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone is listening to this, it's not just me and Nate. Okay. Yep. Amanda is here too. So if mm-hmm. you have questions like this, yep. they will get directed towards her because she's obviously the subject yep. matter expert in female yeah. stuff. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I, no. I would agree. <laughs> Nothing, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm yes. here for you guys, though, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's you're it's not good alone to have that. in this. Yeah, <laughs> just like um, you know, I mean, and I, I always talk about Granger Smith's podcast. His wife is on his podcast all the time. Well, maybe not all the time, not as much as as before because she has her own now. But it's like it's a good thing to have the perspective from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's helpful because. There may be women out there who listen to us and they're like, I can't really like, and they want to ask the question and they, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's specific to female stuffs, and they don't want to ask it because either they don't think that we can help or whatever. And I mean, regardless, we're going to all probably talk about it anyways, but obviously Amanda has the other perspective, right? Like I have yep. my perspective. I have different life experiences than you guys do. You guys yep. have different life experiences than I do. Yep. And being able to like deliver that out to everyone who's listening so that they understand that we are not, you know, um, limited to what we can help them with. Yep. If they need help with something, then, you know, th- I think it helps kind of bring in more questions. I mean, some people may have it and they may not. Yeah. And hundred percent. I mean, most honestly, Amanda's, I mean, she runs most of our social media stuff anyway. Yeah, so she's that, most likely going to get true most that. likely going to get the questions before we even see them. So yeah. ladies, if you are listening, she is a, a resource for you. She's been through some things that can encourage, but really I feel like I just need to second that what she was talking about is if you've struggled with this and you've made choices that are haunting you, or if you're struggling mm-hmm. currently on whether or whether or not know that this, like she said, does not define you, that there is redemption and freedom in this, from this and through this, and God is not yet done with you. And mm-hmm. even if you've got a story similar to my wife, Amanda, um, there's redemption. Is that her name? You. Amanda Ann. Oh, Lord. Um, there's redemption for you, mm-hmm. as she can attest. I mean, the freedom that I've seen her experience over the last few years has just been incredible. And that's just the grace who Jesus is, man. And, yeah. um, you know, he doesn't want his his kids to stay defeated um, because, yes, he's already won the battle. He's already won the war, right? Oftentimes, as children, we defeat ourselves, and we disqualify ourselves, And I want everyone to listen and listening to know that your story is not done being written. The best is yet to come. And he wants to redeem even the things that you hold yourself as unredeemable in Mm. God wants to redeem in you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Word, word. Word to the word. Next topic, babe. Send it. I just Me? threw this on. Yeah, yeah you. Wait, which babe? <laughs> you, <y'all>. babe. <laughs> you, babe. <laughs> he, he, yeah. Cheer, cheer. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so we have talked about it before. Um, as far as like the transgender stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen actually like in the last week or so, um, some videos and stuff where there's been like pastors going to school boards, um, and basically saying, um, which I think is a, it's not something that happens often enough. Uh, and that is why there's a pretty significant divide between like Christians and like the LGBTQ element OP plus CompTIA. Yeah. Whatever. So, um, and, and basically the one pastor goes, um, you know, I, I love you all no matter what, but this behavior or whatever, whatever X, Y, and Z isn't something that I, uh, that I care for, or isn't something that I have to love or support or whatever, because it is not you. It doesn't identify you. You are you and behavior is its own thing, which is where Romans that Romans scripture comes into play. So, and I know you guys have um, a decent amount of experience with, having those conversations with youth, right? Yep. A hundred percent. So I feel like, I mean, Amanda can speak to this more. Um, She was on, I mean, she has held the, and has known this for the longest time is love people for where they can be the potential that's in them, not where they're at currently. I mean, she's modeled that for years before it was even, like you could put a name on it or label it and really like that's i mean she even challenged me because i was super black and white in that when i was you know fresh christian like i all zeal no knowledge you know just burning bridges everywhere because i was just you're a hate drinking a haterade <laughs> i was just i was just this is what the gospel says i'm a slap in the face with it no grace all truth mm-hmm. um but yeah, so what do you what do you think about that? I mean, your your position and, and stance on I think that it kind of goes back to a little bit of what we were talking about with it being an identity crisis. Um I think there's a couple different so there's a couple different things um thoughts that I have initially on that. So there's the identity crisis that's happening. For some people it's a trauma crisis. There's mm, some form yep. of trauma that's happened in their lives um that they have not been able to work through, um, or have even identified, maybe it's stuff that, um, has been pushed down, you know, suppressed stuff that, um, happens. Um, but I also think that kind of like what Nate was saying, like, regardless, like knowing, I think we beat what the Bible says about the issue constantly. And we, like, we, everyone knows what the Bible says about this issue. Um, but I think, what is going to set us apart as a people that love and honor God is loving people the way he, that he's called us to. And, you know, that has been kind of like my whole thing when we were in youth ministry, it was loving these students, not for who they are in this, in this moment, but who God has called them to be down the road. Now, because of that, because of, um, being able to be so open and so, um, loving in that and loving them as people, because that's what God calls us to do, to love people. Um, we have been able to build relationships where then in return, we've been able to speak truth in. And then like, even like 
they started questioning, well, what does the Bible say about this? And like out of the relationship, we were able to have conversations and then it allows the Holy Spirit to do his job in that person, because ultimately we can't be any, we're not, we're not anyone's savior. We're not Jesus. We're not the Holy Spirit for anyone. We are literally just the vessels that, um, that God, you know, chooses sometimes to use, to be able to speak into the lives of people. You know, I think so many times I do think the church, um, needs to step up a little bit in this, where it's in a loving, compassionate way, not so much pointing fingers of your wrong. Right. And definitely not wearing like, I don't know if you've seen the video where there's the pastor who's like, God's transgender and, you know, definitely yeah. not that way. That's, that's no, <laughs> no, I think it's just, it's understanding. Like this is one thing I always told one of our specifically, I had a youth student um, where I had a relationship with him for a long time. And um, he knew where I stood on that. He knew what the Bible said about it, but he also knew that we were, um, like I would speak to him in love and it wasn't like, it was truth. It wasn't watered down truth. It was, I had some really hard conversations with him and said, Hey, this is what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Some hard truth and allowed the Holy spirit to do what he was going to do in him in his life and that. Yeah. I feel like we just need to be representatives and vessels for the Holy spirit to use. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, basically it was, it was basically how Paul did all of his ministry. Mm-hmm. was meeting people where they were. Mm-hmm. If I'm in Rome, I'm going to dress like a Roman and meet the Romans where they're at. If I am in, you know, Galatia in the church, you know, whatever. It's like, that's what Paul did. And I feel like, I mean, he's the most influential writer of the entire new Testament, right? Like he, his pen authored a majority of it. And I feel like even that's how Jesus lived, right? He met people where they were. And saw the potential that God placed in them for where they're called to go and to be. Um, I mean, even look at how he approached the, you know, the fishermen, you know, come follow me. It wasn't like a, hey, you know, maybe if you're willing, you know, just come follow me. It's like, hey, the offer is abandon everything you've known Mm -hmm. and pursue after me. Right. And I mean, that's with anyone. He sat with the tax collectors. He, ta- he sat with the the harlots, the the prostitutes. He sat with the, the the drunkards. He sat with the undesirables, the misfits and the rejects. I mean, in, in my unprofessional opinion, I feel like the next giant move of Jesus is, that's going to come is going to come from the misfits and the rejects, the ones that the world has cast away. Those are the ones that are tr- the church is even cast away. Those are the ones that are going to experience who Jesus was on a, on a finite, like internal molecular level, grasp a hold of this grace and be the vessels that he takes into the world. It's going to be the misfits of the rejects because they encountered the true Jesus, not the watered down Western church Jesus, but the person of who Jesus is and was right. And I feel like that's what this whole thing is, is seeing people for the identity God has given them, not the one that they identify with themselves, you know, and it's sometimes it's difficult to see the two because sometimes they just piss you off. There's been so, so many times you students, I just want to had dragged out of the church by their freaking hair and punched them in the nose and said, dude, what is wrong with you? But really the whole concept is kissing frogs. Be the ones willing to get down on the level 
and to spend time with the frogs like whatever what's the freaking disney one the princess and the frog or whatever what's that one what is that and tiana she, the princess and the frog that's it right yeah yeah it's just called so, that yeah I yeah think. the princess I, and the frog yeah so the oh. princess has to kiss the frog and he turns into a prince, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So being willing to get onto the level in the muck, in the mire with these people and love them through their mess requires people who love Jesus to get their freaking hands dirty, to get into the mud with these people, be willing to link arms with some imperfect tarnished people and love them in such a way that Jesus transforms them from the inside out. That's what we're called to do. You lean forward like you're going to say something. Yeah, I think also we're called to teach our children how to love people and how to respond to the culture. Because as we're the adults in in what's happening in culture, our kids are the ones that are growing up in it. So mm -hmm. when you have these conversations with, you know, my eight-year-old that comes home and is like, oh yeah, my friend, he thinks he's a girl. Yeah. Like those are some rough conversations to have and to really be honest and real and also teaching them how to respond the way God calls us to respond in that. Yeah. And also like, I think it's, so one of the, there's the, I think it's, I, I don't know where it is. It's like Matthew or Mark or whatever. And he's talking about um, when he's talking about if you take the kids away from me or something like that, wear a stone around your neck something like that. I can't remember what it is. You know what I'm talking about? No, but stone. It? it's talking about like when, when adults it's talking about taking kids away from Jesus or, or guiding them away from him. And it's, a, I can't remember. I, I think it's, I want to say it's Mark or Matthew. I can't remember. I think it's Matthew, mm -hmm. maybe Mark. I don't know. It's an M one. It's an M one. <laughs> But the, the purpose of it's it Mark. So it's Mark. It says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. That's yeah. Mark so 942. That's a pretty OG like. So that that to me, there's a couple different things where that can apply in, in today's mm -hmm. world, right? Like for example, and, and a great example is this whole like putting the children into like um the hormone block or puberty block or oh yeah yeah, like yeah. Mm -hmm. making them like hey you're doing this and and like taking them to the drag shows and like sh yes. exposing them to like men in dresses and thongs and all this disgusting stuff and then parading them in the same situation where they have like um i don't know how old they are but they're like little boys dressed as girls stripping in front of men and it's like, what is going on with this? And that yeah. falls in, in my eyes. That's the same thing as the mm -hmm. whole child trafficking. That's mm -hmm. the same thing because you're taking the innocence away from those children and you're forcing them into this environment that not only takes their innocence away, they're being exposed to like pure evil, you know, mm -hmm. and you're essentially grooming them to be okay with adults sexualizing children. Yeah. And it's and the, people are like, oh, no, it's not the same thing. No, it's absolutely the same thing. You're making the children mentally OK with being sexualized by adults. Yeah. And regardless if it's getting exposure or physical abuse or whatever the case is, they're physically and mentally and spiritually taking those children away from the Bible and the teachings of God. Yep. 
and what Jesus said specifically and that scripture comes to my head all the time. And it's like, dude, you are legitimately pulling those kids away from what Jesus wants. And you're, you're, you're just being the, like, in my opinion, that's like the epitome of evil, right? You're taking these children who, who don't know any better when you're the parent and you're saying, okay, mm-hmm. here's, here's a wig, here's some bras and underwear and whatever, whatever else they're doing. And you're going to go in heels and you're going to dance in front of these men while you're wearing minimal clothing and they're going to be groping you and all this other stuff. It's disgusting. And it's just pure evil, pure evil. Well, and it definitely is um, because of the fall of the world. But I think it also goes back to us not expecting. um, We can't expect the world to live to a kingdom standard. And this is where my not so saved yet self comes out. Yeah. Where like I'm saved, but I'm not that saved. And I want to do not very Christ-like things to those dudes in the crowd. Like make them meet their maker before their maker calls them sort of thing. Oh man, that just, that makes my blood boil. But then at the same time you have to take it, you have to be like, okay, there's an eye for the eye, but then also someone, if someone hits your cheek, give them the other cheek. It's like, dude, I'm like, what do I do? I know. I know. What do I I do? (laughs) You love people, boys. You love people. Love God, love people. Well, I'm going to love God. I need some more work. Hate, hate the, hate the behavior, right? Not the person. So I'm going to destroy the behavior out of that person's head. Yeah, exactly. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All that behavior that just blew out of there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This pink behavior. That's not good. I know Jesus, but, um, yeah, but if for real though, like that's the paradox too, like where I still have that in me. It's hard. it is hard because like, I'm not that saved yet. Like God's there, that desire to, like you said, physically remove the behavior from inside the human being in that regard. Like I like, that's the war within me. And it's super difficult in that to like love the people. Yeah. I'm not going to say the Buddhist, like, Oh, love the people, but or, love the sinner, but hate the sin. That's not even Jesus. That was Buddha. But that concept of that's I struggle with some are easier than others. And it's pretty insane to me that grace is not a respecter of persons because in my fleshly human mind, blacklisted, (laughs) those people are blacklisted, but ultimately at the end of the day, the millstone around the neck, if those people choose to turn their back on, on Christ and not allow Christ as Lord and savior, that is a millstone around their neck and they will be justified and not justified before the judgment seat of Christ, which is a scary thought and a scary place to be. And that's where we have to like step back and say, Jesus, you're responsible, the ultimate just judge, the only just judge to make things right, which is either allow Jesus to cleanse your sin, to make all things new, or he's going to be the one that's going to send them as accounting for what they've done here on earth. And that's a scary place to be and and to realize if it was up to me, things would be all, all messed up, but Jesus is the only one that's going to make things right. And it is either a millstone around their neck and they're thrown into the sea 
or grace is grace. And I can't be one to say my grace is more important than their grace or their sin is worse than my sin because sin is sin. It's not like there's varying Mm -hmm. degrees of sin, right? Like you steal a pen from a waiter. Okay. Okay. That was like twice a week. Maybe she's lying. That baby girl, you're not trending on the right. Just stealing a pen from a waiter is the same thing as murdering somebody. Like sin is sin. There's no degree, varying degrees of sin. You either are full of sin or you're not. You're either redeemed or you're not. And that's what it is. It comes down to the just judge being the only judge. Okay. My question though is how do we like how do we rectify the very small percentage of people that are born um, intersex where they're born both? Note that we have to take another break. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Note that. Remember that because we're going to come back to it and then we'll do another one and then we'll. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. We got this. All right. All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys. We'll see you in a little bit. We'll we'll reconvene in just a moment. Many tabs open. Recording tabs in open. progress. Dude, she literally has 500 tabs open on her phone in her Safari browser now. She literally, I say 24 on her computer. I have 21 tabs open right oh. now. Should have went with the prices right and I uh, was like, I'm going to go with $1. This is true. Just the way she, my brain works, guys. I think my dog's out of water. Oh, oh yeah. that was my dog today having a freaking heart attack it just keeps licking the bowl yeah ours will drag the bowl across the floor and like knock it over and knock it into things so we know it's empty oh mm-hmm. yeah my dog i'd beat him if he did that no he's like looking at me okay so the question before break was how do we rectify the very small percentage of those um that are born both what's the what's the percentage very small. What is it? Tra- what is it? Transvestite? What is no, it? No, it's a, it's intersex. How many inner? Oh, one in forty five hundred. That can't be right. Point zero two percent to point zero five percent. Of the world's population. Yeah. Okay. That is a very small percentage. That's what I'm saying. It's a very small percentage, but I had taken a class and they were talking about that. And I like, I had to ask Nate's mom, like, how do I rectify this in my mind here? Because like, how, how do we, how do we go about that as believers? Well, I think in those instances, there's a one of them is is predominant, right? Is predominantly the main characteristics in that individual. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, you can have there. It, it every scenario is different, but you can have pieces of both in one person. No, I know. I'm saying like they they may like associate more with one than the other. I don't know. Right? <laughs> my like, just sci- like what? My scientific brain in that, right? Like, I mean, I feel like each case is different, but one they would 
generally have to associate more like emotionally and neurologically with one or the other, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know that statistic on it, but you know, rectifying that in my head, like biblically is the fall of man started right. Like after the fall, after sin came into the world, then started the, like the negative of the world. Right. So but biologically there are mutations that happen in the creation that has, yes, God says, I have knit you in your mother's womb, but sometimes during the, like, because the fall, there will be a cell that doesn't develop properly or a mm -hmm. series of, you know, compromises or mutations in the developmental process, which could then cross some geneal uh, genealogical or chromosomal, you know, abnormalities between the two, which would result in a 0.02% or to 0.05% of the world that were born. So I feel like in my head, I rectify that with, you know, like that would be, you know, mutations in the chromosomal and the DNA process in the developmental process of the, of the fetus, I guess, like that for me, that's how that would in my head, I would wrap my brain around that. I mean, cause Amanda and I've had this conversation before and I guess I didn't really even have an answer then, but like, I don't know. It's, that's one of those things where I'm grateful. I'm not God for, I don't right. know. I'm going to have to ask him at some point. I mean, there's a long, very long list of things I want to ask Jesus when I get there of which I will probably not ask any because I'll just be in awe of the glory of God. I'm fully aware of that, but in my head, I have a very long list. Yeah. And I think as, um, it's, I don't know. It, it, in my in my mind, it, there, there's no relation between intersex and transgender, just because transgender is more mm -hmm. of a choice and a behavioral issue as opposed to a biological issue. And I know there is biological mm -hmm. psychology. I know that, obviously, um, due to chemical imbalances, etc. So that's a different thing as opposed to anatomical, because mm -hmm. um, anatomical can cause chemical imbalances especially in those intersex cases, I assume just because of the hormonal imbalances back and forth. So at that point, I think it's more like, Hey, I'm intersex. And you're like, okay, well, as opposed to, well, today I'm going to be a fish or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? At that point, it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. And mm -hmm. the, there's a, I just saw a poll, but like, it's like 19% of Gen Z, whatever the new group is, whatever the newest group yeah. is, is like 19.7% identify as trans. It's like, dude. Wow. Or identify or a trans or, or, or gay or what bi or whatever. And it's like, dude, at that point, it's just, it's like a, it's a fad, right? It's not, there's no like, yeah, mental thing. It's just like, okay. Like I saw, I saw a video where it was like, okay, if you hook up with a trans woman, is that gay for a dude? And the guys are like, uh, well, yeah, they, they, they have men, male genitalia. Like that's, that's homosexual. Like that's regardless. That's, that's there. That's not, you could be, you could say whatever you want to say. 
but you're still a dude. Like if there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? It's your identity is irrelevant. This is what you are, period, point blank. No questions or anything. It's just, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, f- I do, I do really feel kind of bad for that very small percentage of the world that like really, that really is a topic of discussion. Like how do I navigate life as an intersex person when that very, very small percentage of the world, like their issues have been like taken on by other people and blown up, Yeah, you know, as, as like what you were saying is like a, as a choice that you're making and it it really kind of undermines the particularities of the Mm -hmm. cases of the intersex, right. That really do have like serious struggles that no one on the planet aside from that group of people would know, like uh, they walk a crazy road. My heart like aches for them. And because everyone's taken their issues and like normalized it and blew it out of proportion and made it their own issues. Like now it's a trans issue, not like an intersex issue. Cause that's intersex mm-hmm. issue is, is a real thing. I saw this, like, I mean, kind of what you're saying. I saw this clip on the internet. It was this guy, you know, talking about male and female and this lady is like, oh, I'm an EMT. Like, you know, sex is, is complicated. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Or no, dude, it was Matt, was- I think it was Matt Walsh. Yeah, I did. It was somebody. He was basically saying, like, if a, um, a biological male yeah. calls you and says, "I feel mm-hmm. like I'm I'm struggling, and I'm dealing with the effects of a miscarriage," would you like go over and treat him? Yeah. Like biologically born with a penis, saying that he's struggling with a miscarriage. Male and female indicates only one sex can get pregnant. Am I wrong? And it's like, I don't know, man. That's one of those things where, like. I'm so grateful that's a cross I don't carry, you know, yeah. being intersex and, and whatnot, but really just rejuvenates the, you know, the grace that I get to show, show these people who are struggling with some things like, because it really does come down. If you're not intersex, which is obviously we just said a 0.02 to 0.05% of the world population, you're dealing with an identity crisis and seeing them through the lens of the identity that God created in them, not the ones they're identifying with really just it, it re- reinvigorates that charge to see them through the lens of Christ versus through my yeah. skewed perception of reality. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of weird. Um, Cause I just was thinking about how weird it would be. Um, they, <laughs> so intersex individuals can impregnate themselves. Potentially. What? Yeah. Because did you my just mind, that? I did. Because in my mind, biologically, I'm thinking, okay, because in, in nature, if there are genetic deformities or genetic anomalies, generally they aren't able to reproduce. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's so true. Like um, certain animals, like albino animals, a lot of times are, uh, are um, what's the word? Sterile. Sterile. And most of the time, if there's a genetic anomaly like that, they're not able to reproduce. And then I assume that it's a very small percentage of the small percentage that's able to reproduce. And an even smaller percentage are able to reproduce on their Successfully. own. Successfully. Yeah. Which is weird. I mean, it's just that's just kind of so I was looking to see if that was if that was a thing. Um, and it, I guess it is possible. It's probably very, very rare, but uh hmm. That is something I never even thought of at all, ever. Yeah. So those are true hermaphrodites, not someone who's just like saying, whoa, I'm going to have a 
baby today. And then tomorrow yeah. I'm going to be a starfish. But today uh-huh. I'm going to be a dude. But our responsibility is to love them and point them to Jesus. Right, 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 right. So that's but, our responsibility yes. and, to love um, them, point them to Jesus. So, yeah. And that, so that is, it was a good question that you brought up and, you know, but we can't let that small percentage of individuals dictate mm-hmm. the response to the entirety of the whole ridiculous movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, obviously we treat them with kindness always, mm-hmm. but just doing that doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with the behavior, obviously, right. you know yes. what I mean? So right. the whole kill them with kindness mentality is always the case, right? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to treat somebody negatively if i see a dude who is clearly a dude wearing a dress not on halloween because that's i'm yes, guilty con- of that <laughs> i mean when i worked at best buy on wraith i went as a woman for halloween okay that's before it was trendy yeah <laughs> yeah now you probably can't even do it it's you know you get ostracized no yeah for sure um but as far as like the identity stuff goes, uh, one of the things like our safety team chaplain, I guess you would say, he's our coordinator. So I I think mm-hmm. he, I would assume he kind of doubles as the chaplain for the safety team. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought up a really good point in that, like you guys were talking about earlier, is that our identities are not ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the Lord's and mm-hmm. we have to basically give that to him you know, through us, like whatever it is, like skills, talents. And, um, and he brought his name, Steve, he brought up, you know, like, Hey, once we understand that we have this talent, it's, it's no longer ours. Like this skill that I have, as far as like being able to be consistently situationally aware, the ability to, um, shoot, move and communicate with, with efficiency is it's not my skill. And it's my duty as a believer did I say that? that Believered. Did I say that weird? Believer. Believeared. 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 Yeah. And believer. Um, it's, yes. It's our duties. It's our job as believers. Once we realize mm-hmm. that we have these abilities, to give them back, like yep. it's it's not ours to do to to use as, yeah. on our own. It's our duty to basically say, Jesus, this is this is yours. You are the yep. one who gave this to me and you gave me the ability to do this and that and this and that. And like, it may not sound like a significant skill, like as far as like we're concerned. Right. But there's how many people in the church are even willing to be on a safety team mm-hmm. or want to put themselves in a situation where they're going to put their lives potentially on the line for everyone else in the congregation when they know a handful, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? So yeah. that, you know, that I think that's a really big thing, like the identity, like for people who like on the worship team, right? Who are really good at playing instruments and singing and all this other stuff. They say, okay, this isn't my, this is not my talent. This is, this is, yeah. this is the Lord's talent. And I'm going to give it to the church in order to help bring praise to him during service. So that I think is a big point to talk about because everyone's like, 
and I understand that as a whole, the majority of people, I don't know if it's the majority. I, I assume it's a, maybe I'll just Google it, but the majority of people maybe aren't believers. And I know that a significant chunk of people who aren't or who are don't like practice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like I was, I was a believer for, for, for my whole life, but I never like consistently went to church and I mm -hmm. never, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah. So. And I think big... that's where you have like the two. So you like mm -hmm. accepted Jesus into your life, but then you have that, that surrendered moment of surrendering everything. Yeah. Yeah, dude, even like the Western church has like, you'll never, I saw a clip of a pastor saying, you'll never say or hear in the Bible or read in the Bible, Jesus say, say this, you know, invite Jesus into your heart. Jesus's ask of the people were come and follow. Mm -hmm. It was abandon everything and follow me. Um, it says, even the Bible says, you know, those who diligently search for him will find him. It diligent inquire requires action. It's actionable. It's, in, you know, purposeful. It's daily. It's a pursuit. It is an absolute pursuit of Jesus is what, you know, the surrendering of Jesus is to surrendering Jesus is. So like for me, I had a moment of salvation where Jesus literally saved my life. But then there was a stretch of time where I was still kind of doing my own thing. And then I was drinking again. And then all of a sudden I was over just a second time. And then when I woke up, it was an absolute surrender. Jesus, I am all in. I'm 100%, 100% jumping off the deep end with both feet into the pool. Like, let's roll like the poker chips of life. I threw them all in. I said, Jesus, here I am, send me. And I feel like your identity needs to be found solely in Christ. And in the abandoning, I mean, in order to take on the new identity, to put on the coat of the identity mm -hmm. Christ wants you, you have to abandon the identity that you made yourself, which you means to die to yourself. You have, you have to kill it. You have to shed everything, yeah. die to yourself and put on the identity that Christ gave you. It's, it's it requires not a, oh, I like this shirt, but I'm going to keep my coat because, you know, the old identity is comfortable. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's not the, that's not what you're talking about here. It's a dying to yourself. It's a, an absolute abandoning of everything of, of who you think you are and putting on all of what God says you are, the identity God has created you to wear. You know, yep. you can't, you can't have partiality. You can't have old nature and new water. Fresh water doesn't come out of uh, salt water. Doesn't come out of a freshwater spring. You can't find fresh water in the middle of the ocean. It's right. you can't have it both ways. It's a dying to yourself, which is why it says in Corinthians, you know, behold, all things have passed away. Behold, I've become, I've made all things new. That moment of absolute surrender is the dying and abandoning of the old you and taking on the new, mm -hmm. putting on the new identity of Christ. Yeah. And that and that's like, I mean, that's the whole purpose that why I wanted to do the podcast is because. Like I wanted to show people or not necessarily show, I guess, cause it's mainly audio, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like kind of give the example of like, Hey, this is what I'm doing and I'm working on it every day to try to be, you know, a good, a good follower of Jesus. And like, it's not, it's not like, 
it doesn't just happen, right? It's not like, hey, I'm going to start going to church and I'm going to start volunteering and I'm going to be in a group and like all this stuff. And, and I still cuss, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. cutting down on it because like, I know like it's not, you know, but I'm, it's when it happens, I'm like, oh man, like, yeah. Or like it just comes out of habit, right? Because I was in the military. My dad was in the military. It's like part of my vocabulary is to like drop Mm F-bombs all the time. And it's like, I can't, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. Right. And like understanding that it may never get better, but if I can continuously try and make an event, like a, you know, a constant effort and the conscious like thought and saying, okay, let me calm down before I talk. Mm -hmm. Let me not drop F-bombs every two seconds. And like, okay, now I can say whatever, but yeah not cuss you know and that's just like one tiny little thing right like there's other aspects of my behavior where it's like okay i'm gonna cut down on this or i'm gonna stop doing this or i'm gonna make a valiant effort and stop and stop doing certain things that i know aren't godlike and by doing that i'm actively pursuing jesus yep while doing all these other things right so it's just, it's, it's a work in progress. And that's kind of why that's the main reason why I wanted to do the podcast is so that people can see like, even someone like me who not, I've never been like an evil person. I just was like haphazardly being a Christian, right? I've always believed, Mm -hmm. I've never had a doubt, but there's a fine, there's a line, right? It's not a fine line. It's, there's a line where like, okay, I can say I believe in God all day long, but if I'm like looking at porn or if I'm like checking out all the women and I'm like doing all yeah. these other things that are not godlike, and I'm, what, what, where does that leave me as a Christian? Right. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's the pursuit and yep. ultimately right? We have grace. I get that. But what is it? Grace without a- grace without acts is dead or something like that. Yeah, gr- grace without works is dead. Works. Yeah. yeah. So which in my head, and we've talked about this before, it's like, okay, I need to actively try mm-hmm. because if I don't actively try, then what is it? I'm not doing anything. I'm just yep. saying words, I mean, which don't mean Jack. Yep. A hundred percent. I mean, it's like saying, oh yeah, I trained jujitsu all day. Yeah. I say I trained jujitsu. But if you're not on the mat, it doesn't matter how crappy you do that day or how good you do that day. You are still training jujitsu with the intent of becoming better. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the slogan that goes for jujitsu is the same slogan that goes for, for a relationship with Jesus. It's the, it's the pursuit of unattainable perfection. There will always be in pursuit Pursuit is a verb that, I mean, when you think of pursuit, what do you think? I think of like a high speed chase, 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 right? It's a chase, right? You're Mm -hmm. pursuing this thing that is unattainable perfection, but it's not in the the destination of the journey. It's the journey. It's that the, the daily pursuit of Jesus and getting back on the mats and training every day in the spiritual disciplines and the things that Jesus is teaching you, spending time actively allowing him to convict the areas of your life mm-hmm. that aren't God-like, 
that's the pursuit. That's the daily interaction, right? So it says we are justified and made righteous. We are sanctified in the blood of Jesus. That does not mean we're actions, how we're, we still have to make choices every day to live out our sanctification, being set of, set aside and being redeemed. We have to uh, allow redemption to work its way into our physical bodies through the renewing of our mind, right? We renew our mind. It changes the way we think. The way we think changes the way we act and the way we act slowly over time. It's the minutes that will work out the days and the hours. It's the little choices that will essentially get you where you're supposed to be going. Don't worry, you know, worry about the minutes so the hours take care of themselves, right? Well, and I yeah. also think it's um, understanding too that we are accountable to, as when we become Christians, we're accountable to every um, deed, every word, every action that comes out of us as well. So as we're pursuing this relationship with Jesus, it's, and, and with the Lord, it's really understanding that on judgment day, we're going to have to, whether it's good, bad, or whatever, we have to um, stand before the Lord and give an account for mm -hmm. all of our deeds, all of our words, all of our actions in that. And remembering that too, yeah. as we're doing that's, this whole that's procedure. A lot. That's too that's much. A lot. I know. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a scary thought. That's a very scary thought. <laughs> and like, with the with the whole jujitsu analogy, right? The same thing goes with like everyone says, I need to get in shape before I start jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I need to get I need to become a better person before I can go to church. Mm -hmm. Right. That's mm -hmm. it's the same thing. You don't have yep. to. You're yep. going there to get better. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're you're, you know, like I'm still going through the Bible and stuff. And like some days, like I told you before, like some days I zone out and I'm like, oh man, what did he just say? I don't even remember. And then like that, that for me is the, is the part that I'm working towards. I need to like be able to understand the Bible. Like I can't do memory verses yet. That's probably a few years down the road. Cause there's a lot. Mm -hmm. And I in the pastors don't even know everything off the top of their head. You know what I mean? Which, which is fine, but there are ones that are key points that I remember and that kind of click and like okay that that means something right um there's like some other things where like um i don't even remember what i listened to today in all honesty right it was like uh now solomon's son is the king or whatever yeah. and that's in exodus and oh no that's not exodus that's kings i think and then exodus is like moses is parting the red sea and i'm like oh i know that yeah. and then but i didn't know that god was telling moses like dude you need better tell pharaoh uh, this is all these things are going to happen and it's like this didn't work and he's like god hardened pharaoh's heart and then this happened and he's like tell him this and if this doesn't happen i'm gonna do this and it's like dude get a clue pharaoh get a clue it's like <laughs> holy smokes man like what do you yeah. think is happening mm -hmm. yeah so and it's like a constant thing that i'm always trying to learn and it's like you know, the same thing for people who are starting jujitsu. It's like, dude, the learning curve is significant. With 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 the church, it's like, okay, all you have to do is try. Yep. Just actively try. If you mess up, ask for forgiveness. 
Like, yeah. and from all of the like um, near death experience things that I've seen, and not like personally, obviously, but like from videos and stuff that I've watched, the majority of them, and like what you said, Nate, with your situation, it's like you get you get a final chance. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. get a chance. Yep. If your entire life you're just a piece of trash and you get to the last point and they're like, hey man, make your decision. Yep. And you're like, all right, I'm down. Let's go. I'm I'm with you. And yep. you know, and like I have my own feelings about that. Like I don't think that should be the case as far as like someone shouldn't be like, well, I'm just going to live my life terribly. And then that last moment, I'm going to be like, all right, forgive me. And then I'm good. Yeah. Like, I, just, I don't think that should be the case, um, but I'm not the one who makes the decision. Obviously yeah. I just, I feel like people should actively be trying to be better. Like it's just, and being a Christian is just, I think, you're just trying to be better. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, just be a better person. If there's stuff that you are having to second guess or, or think about a, a second time, like, should I? And then if that's the case, then just don't do it. And there's the mm-hmm. whole, like, you know, the old bracelet, the what would Jesus do bracelet? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a thing now again. It is a thing. It's coming back. Yeah. There's and a lot of things coming back. <laughs> I know. And uh, so it's like, if if that if that was the way that this country was and that the world was we wouldn't have all of this crap going on right now mm-hmm. because everyone would be like okay if i'm going to even 25% of the time live my life the way that jesus wants me to live it the world would be different bro dude like it's just mm-hmm. it's insane you know mm-hmm. so i don't know it's just just be better losers Wow, another one. I uh, know. <laughs> Let's close this thing out for yeah, real dude. this time. Um, so I just wanted to say, I just found, I was looking up the percentage of people who are Christian in the world. It's 31%, 31.7%. Wow, that's wow. a low number. We got to get more, more percentage, more it's, better. Um, 2.382 billion. 1.907 are Islam. Um. 1.193 billion are secular, non-religious, agnostic, atheist. Hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. We got our work to do, people. Yeah. No, so it starts with prayer. I don't know if Nate told you, Amanda, but the last podcast that we did had like 600 downloads in like that day. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I don't Thank know how that Jesus. happened. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Catch Jesus. But, um. We always talk about like if you know anyone who could benefit from listening this podcast, nobody's gonna probably listen to the whole thing because it's gonna be super long. But whatever, It'd be like I six mean, I'd listen outs. to it. If you're going on a plane trip, download it and then listen to it on the plane. Perfect. Yeah, hundred percent. And then, um, but if you know someone who could benefit from this, um, let them you know share it with them. Yep. Give us a good rating so that more people can listen to it. Um, I will try to get this on YouTube. I don't know if that's going to be the case because it takes a while because I'm not good at it yet. So, but <laughs> download okay. and listen to the audio for that's sure. It. 
And if you have any questions, reach out to us at the God Guns and Family Podcast Instagram or the God Guns and Family at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. What Boy? else? Um, and I don't I think that's it. I think that's it. Amanda, any last words of wisdom? Nope. Just for this episode, it. not in general, obviously, because <laughs> we know your wisdom is endless. Nope. That's, a, that's a big facts right there. Yep. Hi, right, but hey, you you're guys the put guest. way too much confidence in hey. me. <laughs> No, hey, you need to live in with the right identity, right, Boo? Uh, yeah. We're working on it. I'm in constant pursuit, okay? That's it, Booyah. girl. All right, That's hey, why it. You, why don't you constantly pursue us into prayer on the way out of here? Okay. Booyah. Lord, thank you so much for this time, God. Lord, thank you for every listener. Um, Lord, whatever the situation they find themselves in today, God, that they would know beyond know that you they are loved, they are seen, that they can be forgiven, God. Lord, that there's redemption and there's freedom in for them in their lives, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help us just continue to pursue you relentlessly, God, that we would just continue to um, work out the things that need to be worked out, God, that you would continue to um, break up that onion in our lives, God, that we would that we would become more like you, Lord, love people the way you have called us to love people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Did you like mumble amen at the end? I said amen. 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 Jesus. All right, you guys. See you, Lord. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.